Game Cola faithful, and welcome to the Game Cola podcast. This is podcast number 150, and that is pretty nifty. And I, of course, of course, not am course, <laughs> am your host and podcast commander, Joseph Martin, joined today by... Alex the Jetty Jedrzak, your Jedditor-in-Chief. And a new person here with us today... I'm Blue Rider. Uh, I write for Game Cola now. That's neat. <laughs> Hooray! A new person on the yeah. staff, on the podcast, and what a podcast to be on for your first podcast. Podcast 150, the start of the new arc of the Game Cola podcast for you. See, <laughs> I wanted podcast 150 to be special, and we went through a ton of different ideas, like maybe having lots of different people on the podcast, or doing something that's really long on a podcast, but in Instead, what I decided to do to celebrate the 150th episode of the Game Cold podcast was to move to a different country, to <laughs> London, England, United Kingdom, five hours of time zone away. Clearly a great idea for a podcast primarily recorded with people on the East Coast. Thank you. Hold your applause for my brilliant idea of how to breathe new life into the Game Cola podcast by moving to a country that no one else on the Game Cola podcast lives in or near. I mean, we used to have uh, Matt Jonas and uh, Stu Jip. That's a good point. How did Matt Jonas and Stu make all of those podcasts Um, back in the day? There was definitely, yeah, there was definitely several times where we were like, wait a second, we're ending recording this at like, 11 p.m. Uh, isn't that like 4 a.m. your time? And that's just like, <laughs> yep, going to sleep. <laughs> there was definitely one uh, Ho Ho Holiday podcast yeah. where we were just, we were talking and it was like really late our time too. And then uh, Matt jo- we were like, Matt Jonas has not said a word out loud for like an hour. <laughs> yeah, but he's still playing the game. <laughs> like, he's, yeah, he's still playing. Um, so yeah, so also if the I'm currently in a temporary residence while I'm working out getting my permanent residence and the audio this is not a big room but it is a tall room and so it's going to sound a little echoey and the microphone's probably going to sound weird because I got to keep it close to the the computer with the fan and everything so I'm sorry it'll probably be better by the next time I am on a podcast that is recorded with me Joseph Martin on the podcast but enough about the country, the United Kingdom, the sub-country England, and the city <laughs> London. It's time to talk about video games, because video games are back, baby. They're back. And they're back with the hottest goss on the gaming news streets. You know, sometimes I just say words, don't I, huh? <laughs> A um, little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Steam Deck. The Nintendo Steamch. Yeah, that it's thing. Like, so, I mean, if you don't know what it is, like, the I think the easiest way to pitch it, though, Steam, on whoever owns Steam, is it Steam? Valve, that's what, who owns yeah, Steam? Yeah, the Valve Corporation. Um, probably don't want you to call it this, but it's basically the Valve Switch. It's a handheld gaming device, but it's designed more like a small-scale portable computer with a, you know, Switch-like screen and interface, and it has been the talk of the town because it is sort of... You know, an answer to the Switch. The Switch has been incredibly successful. Um, it's still one of the top selling systems, even now that the PS5 and Xbox, uh, whatever acronym and title it has now, the fancy one, the new Xbox. 
Yeah. I've been I've been out of it for a bit. We were on hiatus while I got everything filled out, and I may have forgotten about video games. The XBSX. Yeah, Xbox Series X. (laughs) Any case, Switch has been incredibly popular. It's been incredibly successful. It makes sense that someone would try to uh, adopt its format. Um, and so I wanted to open it up to the Game Cola uh, co-hosts here. Uh, what do you think? What are your impressions of the Steam Deck at this time? Uh, right now, I don't really know. I only have heard like bits about it. Uh, I've heard ah uh, bits because video games. Yes. Whoa, eight bits. <laughs> I have um, heard that it runs, uh, like, Windows, I think. So in some ways it's going to be kind of better than the Switch, because it's just, like, completely a little handheld computer. So, like, can you, I don't know, emulate NES games on it or something, I assume. <laughs> so Earthbound, you could play Earthbound on it. You could play Mother 3 on it fan translation <laughs> sooner than you because can on the switch Nintendo won't let you so valve is going to yeah um it's supposed to run most things that you could run on regular steam on your computer but uh i have heard conflicting arguments about what it can actually run right well there's definitely people talking about like you know there's different levels of uh like on board uh like hard drive space yeah um, oh yeah like, i've heard talking about, about that like game like the the size of games especially pc games has gotten incredibly inflated and so like you know are you basically gonna have to have a separate sd card for every video game that you want to play and stuff like and you know and again like performance is another issue um another thing that i've seen brought up is that like when it comes to steam hardware there have been a lot of like things where steam has like come out with a thing and everyone's been like this is gonna be the next big thing and then can you even remember the names of those things that yeah, the were? Controller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. know what that was all about. Right, um, and so, like, that's the other thing. Like, you know, the pitch is... Anyone, like, it's very easy to say, well, let's just make our own Nintendo Switch and then see, oh, they're making a Nintendo Switch and the Nintendo Switch is popular, so this is going to be popular. And again, I can't tell you necessarily. I don't know enough hardware or hardcore industry knowledge to be able to say this is why there might be a potential issue when compared to the success of the switch but i think that you know it's a valid point that like steam has not had the best success with their own uh brand of hardware in the past and seeing how they manage that will be important because they're going to have to do something different than whatever they've done before if if this is going to actually work out it seems weird to me because, like, the things that they do seem like they are a uh, a publicly traded company that they're worried about uh, shareholders and stuff. Like, this seems like the kind of move that, you know, some old millionaire who's trying to make money would be like, what are, what are, what's Nintendo doing right now? Do that. You know, it doesn't seem like a thing that a privately owned company normally just out of nowhere decides to do. Remember Fleets on Twitter? Which... No. Oh yeah, okay. What yes, are, that, that I mean, they, they're still there. They, oh no, no, they just removed them. Like they're ending oh, they, like, now. Today, um, like a couple of days ago, I they know. announced that they're ending them. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I knew that. I just I I still seen them because I feel oh. like they got ri- they're getting rid of them just as like people figured out that they could 
and how to like effectively use them like now there are a couple people who use fleets and i like <laughs> kind of enjoy them and it's like immediately they're like okay now we're taking them away and it's like okay cool don't use social media much what are your fleets on twitter it's um, well the only the problem is is that the only point of reference for fleets on twitter is other social media formats <laughs> basically yeah jo, jo, basically you know tweets are just like little pieces of text and you can right, attach right. a gif or a video or a picture to them too um fleets are like they appear at the top and like you click on them and then they'll they'll like show up like several p- images um, and they're they like it like cycles through them like after a set amount of time instead. So is that like stories on yes yeah Snapchat? it's basically an answer to that. Oh okay. um, yeah, it's basically Snapchat stories. Um, now uh, there's like a it's silly kind of some people can make it work, but like anyone can make anything work <laughs> whether or not it's a good idea. Um, Does that so... include Valve in the Steam Deck? I mean, yeah, Valve certainly could make it work. <laughs> Will the, they? The, yeah. the thing is, is that nobody asked for fleets, and then when they introduced them, they were like a major security flaw. That like, oh, uh, oh, if you no, block somebody, they can still see your fleets if somebody else interacts with your fleet or something dumb like that. Mm-hmm. And like, but the thing is, is that because they're a publicly traded company, somebody on the board was like, "We should do that thing that's making Instagram popular right now. We got to do that. You hop on it, and then." like put a time frame that was unmanageable and then give you this thing that nobody actually wanted um and that's kind of what the what is this thing called the steam 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 the nintendo steam yeah whatever (laughs) thank you um yeah that's that's basically what i'm saying is nobody asked for this but it does sound like steam is trying to recapture um you know if uh, nobody asked for this, cause I, uh, I like watching, like, Kickstarter scam videos. Mm-hmm. Those can be interesting sometimes. And there's stuff like the Smotch V, or Smotch Z, or whatever, that was basically supposed to be what the Steam Deck is going to be, except they didn't have the technology to do it, and were just stealing people's money and mm-hmm. giving, like, fake info. <laughs> So, because like, it got fun, like it stole money from people. So, <laughs> people have wanted this in years past. So, I'm not sure I would say that nobody has asked for this. But uh, I, that's a good point. And, like, I think, like, there are definitely people who are like, hey, I want, like, the hardware experience of the Nintendo Switch, like, the portability combined with the, like, you know, uh, to a certain extent, being able to put it on the TV easily, too. But I feel like the way that the industry is sort of going now r- with that is, like, streamed remote play, basically. Like, the PS5, uh, I'm pretty sure, and I think the Xbox might be able to do this, too, and some PC stuff, too. Um, Like, you can, like, stream your game to, like, an iPad in your home and then play it remotely. Um, Something like that, right? So, like, the idea is that you know, your iPad doesn't have to be able to run Crisis. It just has to be able to stream, you know, 720 or 1080p video of Crisis. And then you press buttons and hopefully there's, you know, if it's just in your house, there's not going to be enough latency where that's going to be an issue, right? And I feel like that's, but like this is like 
a com- like everything is supposed to be running on this thing and the 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 pitch is going to have to be like why should you get this instead of getting a the switch stadium. oh I, sorry mm-hmm. I, <laughs> I was yeah, still thinking this... about doesn't the stadia do the like stream yeah the stream that... you want? well it's a little different that one because they're doing the processing on their servers over the internet oh right it's like that okay yeah so it's but it's the same like that's the technology that's the hot technology you're right about that blue yeah um i think with stadia the issue right is that you're streaming that video across like a state or across a country yeah and like the the issues with that like i think it is getting better um, I think early adopters are saying that, like, the technology is actually getting somewhere where it, like, can be manageable if you just have good internet. Um, <laughs> but, like, to it launch but, like, when it might have been a good idea. <laughs> but, like, that's the, that's the hot new technology. And with the Steam Deck, right, I feel like it misses the point almost in that regard because, like, like, the idea, I feel like the pitch here is that this is a handheld device that you can play better games than the Switch. Like, better as in, like, a more, like, better Taxi. quality. Like, in terms mm-hmm. of, like, numbers, right? Like, right. higher quality video imaging, processing, and all of that. But the kind of people who are really into that kind of experience are probably willing to sacrifice the portability, right? Because then, if you're thinking about Switch versus Steam Deck, that's one thing. But you're... Yeah you're bridging a gap between like switch steam deck and a laptop basically and you know the portability of a laptop is less than that of a steam deck but is it so much less compared to the drop in quality that you're going to get right is the steam deck going to be able to play games better than my eight-year-old laptop maybe (laughs) but i'm not sure and i feel like that's a question that a lot of people are going to have Right. And I think maybe that the concern is that they're paying too much attention to like improving on the switch without realizing that as you improve that part, bring up the price and bring up the issues of like memory space, you start dipping into the markets that Nintendo is very specifically avoiding by making a cheaper uh, cons- uh, family casual consumer casual consumer focus rather than enthusiast focus right steam is very popular among not just enthusiasts there are plenty of people who i would not consider enthusiasts like i, I think there's sort of like a spectrum right like i think you like you hear casual and real gamers and i don't <laughs> think that's you know that's not a healthy way to look at it i think you could maybe split it up into like casual to enthusiast and yeah. then most people are somewhere in between those two things. Whereas like an enthusiast, right, is someone who's willing to like spend more money to get a specific experience. Whereas uh, somewhere in the middle, more towards casual, but not necessarily like ca- a casual, again, trying to not get too much into that terminology, is maybe willing to sacrifice that. They just really want to get in on the ground floor and play the cool new Mario or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um and you're moving as you move more towards the enthusiast things the faults of the inherent things that the switch is not able to do because of its platform are going to be more major sticking points as you move toward marketing to more of the enthusiast crowd and i feel like that's going to be the core thing that steam is going to have to deal with because again steam i don't feel like is a household name outside <laughs> of like 
gaming enthusiasts, right? Like, I, yeah, everyone I know knows it, so I cannot confirm right. for sure, but I assume that that is the case. My yeah, because I would say it is the, the difference is that oh, sorry. yeah, sorry, no, the the difference is that uh, if you ask my mom, hey. Uh, you want to play the Nintendo Switch? She'll be like, "Yeah, sure." Uh, if you ask my mom, "Hey, you want to play the Steam Steam Deck or whatever?" <laughs> she's gonna be like, "I have no clue what that is or what it does." Yeah, right. That, that's basically a funnier version of what I was going to say. <laughs> um, <laughs> but like, but like, I, even even expanding more beyond that, like people know Nintendo even yeah. if they've never played video games. Like that, the, yeah. the subset of people who've never played video games who know Nintendo is much greater. And the people who have never played video games and know what Steam is, right? So you're basically marketing to people who already know about video games. Whereas, like, Nintendo's biggest successes have been with markets who don't really know much about the industry, right? They know about the popular titles, and then, like, they can get onboarded with your Marios and your Zeldas, and then that can, you know, easily blossom into... A greater understanding and appreciation of the gaming industry and indie games and stuff as a whole but the steam deck isn't going to appeal to anyone who doesn't already like video games and already have preconceived notions about what good video games are and what the standards of video game quality are and how to like com make comparisons like that right. like if you start with the nintendo switch like the nintendo switch is like vastly underpowered compared to like, everything else out on the market <laughs> But if you're new to video games in in this sense with the Nintendo Switch, or you haven't been in since the Wii or since long before the Wii, that's not going to matter to you because it's still an improvement of where you've been. Yeah. And th it, that and like that's that yeah. brings me to where uh, like a compare. What I hear is that the Steam Deck is going to have an upgraded version, whereas. The Nintendo Switch's long-awaited upgrade is, for now, <laughs> just an OLED screen upgrade, and so yeah. there's an interesting like flip on that whole, here's an mm -hmm. improvement of where you've been, and here's the bigger thing. When yeah, Now, there <laughs> is, from what I hear, I don't know if this is true, that there is going to be like the Steam Deck Pro or whatever. And that's sort of a weird wrinkle <laughs> well, in the whole thing. Is this, or unless this is just another case of here we go again, people just, like, yeah. you know, think, oh, well, this can't be the real Steam Deck. Yeah, where's the, remember where's was... the secret fourth episode of Sherlock that's actually yeah, good? The is good where episode I feel like this show. is coming for. Yeah, I can't remember if this was officially, like, Valve announced or where I heard it, but I think I'm just saw a headline and didn't have time to look into it as much as I would have liked. So, yeah, take a, that with a grain of salt. <laughs> but if, uh, well, if it were, if that is like an official thing, then that is kind of weird. But like an interesting move on their part. I think something we all also have to take into consider when talking about like new hardware releases now is that like, you know, I feel like chip shortage is like a buzzword yeah. nowadays, yeah. but like, like it is like, I've heard many, I've heard not many, but I've heard some people with more industry knowledge than I have saying that like 
maybe potentially one of the reasons that there were all these conflicting rumors about what the Switch Pro was actually going to be was because there were a lot of conflicting plans of what the Switch Pro was going to be able to be, mm-hmm. right? They didn't know necessarily, you know, like, this is what we'll do if we can get access to this. This is what we can do if these supply chains open up. And then at the end of the day, they really, none of the supply chains really opened up. And so they're like, okay, well, this is what we can do. So let's just do this and... You know, maybe they finally got final word on saying, all right, you're not going to be able to get like the stuff that you need to make the Switch Pro that you want to make for like a year or two. So let's just do the OLED screen um, (laughs) and just move on and come back to this idea later. And quite frankly, enough hype has now that the now that the OLED has come out, it kind of gives them a even though it's like not what people really wanted at all. (laughs) It gives them enough time in the meantime to like actually develop the good Switch Pro so that when it comes back later, if they do decide to come back, I'm not going to say I'm making a prediction that there's a secret fourth episode of Switch Pro that's actually good. <laughs> but i saying if they wanted to go down that route, now they're not going to have people like hyping it up, right? Like it's going to be like just quiet. People aren't going to be clamoring for the real Switch Pro. Um, they think that this is all we're getting. And then in a year or two, they can bring it out and suddenly be like, oh, yeah, the Switch Pro, I was excited about that. And then pull in that hype without the expectation, because now here's just what it is. Um, that may be their strategy. I don't know. That's just a thought that I've had, you know, and I, my the thought random thoughts that I have are clearly on par <laughs> with the business decisions of major national uh, industries. But um, I feel like that's a good amount of talking about video game consoles. I feel like we've said most of what we're going to say about those things. So I believe it is time to to uh, very smoothly segue mm-hmm. into a new topic about video games and pick this up whenever you're ready, Jetty. Just, you know, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, that the video, the videos, right here. the videos game. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. I've been playing some videos game lately. Actually, okay, so I can do a, a good segue into this. Okay, hey, speaking of the the Switch, what is this thing? Steam Deck? <laughs> that was so smooth. When did we stop talking yeah. about the Steam Deck? Yeah, whatever that thing's called. So, um, so there's a couple of things. Is that number one? Um, I recently played on the Switch, uh, Tales from Borderlands, which, uh, is not, it's a Borderlands game, but it's not an FPS. It is a, uh, it's an adventure game by, uh, Telltale. And. Oh, this is, a, this is an old video game. <laughs> yeah, th- th- this one, um, I this think is was. a ghost. Yeah, it- it's several years old. Um, but it was fun. Um, I enjoyed it. And, um, so. What I can say is, I think this is part of what this what Steam Deck. This is a bad name. <laughs> I I cannot, for the life of me, remember the name of this thing. Even though I just said it. Um, so yeah, like the thing is, the moment that that is a bad name. It is. Oh, man. That was. But the, the point. The the point is, um. So I bought. Tales from Borderlands on the Switch, but I could have bought it on Steam, right? Now imagine mm-hmm. if I could have all the benefits of playing it on the Switch, which is that I can play it on my TV, I can play it on the go, I could play it at the store or whatever. I could go to my friend's house and play it, I can carry it with me. 
um, that they Go could recap. House and play a single player. Adventure yeah, yeah. Game. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but I that I could. You. I want to play this Yeah, at my friend's house. Um, yeah, but that they could, in theory, recapture the income that they lost by me giving it to Nintendo by having it on the Switch. Or, for example, um, Borderlands 2 is available on the Switch, but I already own it. But I could, in theory, play it, the copy that I already have, on my Steam Deck, if I had one. And so that's the segue into the, the thing, is that Tales from Borderlands was a lot of fun. It got me back to thinking about Borderlands again. So now uh, I've been replaying Borderlands 2, which uh, I played back when it came out. Um, but now I get to catch up on all the DLC and stuff that I missed. So that's going to be fun. But part of what gets me is I don't like to replay games anymore. Like, I, especially new games, like, it's one thing if it's a game that I last played in, like, 2004, and I'm like, oh, yeah, mm -hmm. this, you know, NES classic that I last played 15 years ago, um, let me just go ahead and play it again. Uh, but if it's something like, you know, Borderlands, it's kind of like, well, why? Why would I, why would I play this old game over just getting a, any other new game that's going to be, you know, in theory, better. But Borderlands 2 is actually, like, a really good game, just in general. It gets a lot of things right that I want out of a video's game. Can I just add a little bit of context here for uh, people who may not remember back in the day when Jay yeah. didn't play video games? The When Borderlands 2 came out, and Jetty said he played this video game that had just come out and was yeah. new at the time that he was playing it. It yeah. blew our minds. Jetty yeah. does not do that at yeah. that time in history. If you time travel to that point in history and say, hey, Jetty, do you want to play this new video game? Jetty's going to say no, unless yeah. it's Borderlands yeah. 2, then yes. <laughs> now Jetty plays all the hot new yeah. games on his Nintendo Switch. But back then, like this, so there was, this is like yeah. Jetty's jam. And, right, this is... and I guess that's kind of the thing is that like I'm getting back to it and realizing again like oh yeah they have a lot of good things going on like it's um a big thing for me uh I've kind of come to dislike JRPGs even though JRPGs were originally like my my big deal is that oh yeah I love Final Fantasy or whatever um mm -hmm. <laughs> or whatever says Jetty as he is currently in the process yeah. of making his own yep. JRPG well and that's the thing is that um, I, I don't really care. Like I'm looking back and I'm like, oh yeah, Lufia or whatever. It's a bad game. Remember I tried to play Arcana? <laughs> yes, remember I remember. I was there. You were there. Yeah. Um, and I like, I picked it up once and then was like, yeah, never again. Um, that there's a point where like, it's just grinding so that you can get the great plot of like, oh no, there's a bad guy. We have to defeat them. <laughs> you know, like, and that's it. Or like now, and that's what I hate is like, I tried to go, go back and play, was it on the Switch? They re-released like Final Fantasy uh, 8 and 9, whatever. And like, I spent a couple minutes trying to play them. It's like, if you have to put a fast forward button and like a auto kill button, like there's just like a beat the boss button. Oh, there was even like a, a some, it, I call it an indie game. It was just some game. Um, it was like, oh, you get to run 
like a, a restaurant in like a JRPG. And the thing is, is that like you're supposed to go and collect like, oh, you know, items so that you can cook the food in the, the restaurant. But literally, it has... Is this Little Dragon's Cafe, or is this, like, an older game? No, it's a newer game. Like, it's newer than Drag Little Dragon okay. Cafe, which is also a nightmare. <laughs> um, but it, it was just like, oh, it's a pixel art JRPG, ho-ho, but you get to run the, the restaurant. But, like, 90% of the game was going through these, like, dungeons just to collect food. And there's... It has auto-battle and... A 4x fast forward. It's like if your game, it, it, if players are so bored of your game that they don't even want to actually play it, there's something wrong. Yeah, I mean, like, I feel like that's something that, like, JRPGs in general have been struggling to overcome these these original ideas of like what they what the systems that got yeah. ingrained in them. Back in the <laughs> early yeah. time, like, I feel like of all of the genres, JRPGs in particular have struggled to throw off the the conventions yeah. that were established yeah. in the early NES times where, like, grinding wasn't just, like, like, there's, there's something to be, you couldn't make a long RPG without grinding. You couldn't make a long game yeah. without grinding or just being really difficult and it was just trial and error and maybe random yeah. luck that you got through. Like, those were the two main ways that you could make a game longer because you couldn't fit more yeah. content in. But now that's not the <laughs> yeah. issue. But so much of the core understanding of what people are expecting when they come and play a yeah. JRPG or something similar turn-based battle rpg if you want to like be a little bit more broad is like this idea of experience and grinding and i feel like there have been solutions to these problems presented but they don't always like stick right especially yeah. because a lot of these rpg series are like continuous series that are like you know these, yeah. those are the games that have like nines and tens and elevens and twelves <laughs> Whereas most other genres, like, even if, like, you know, there's Super Mario, right? But, like, <laughs> it's arguable whether, like, you know, everything that starts with the word Super Mario is part of, like, the same series, right? Like, is 2D Mario yeah. really the same thing as 3D Mario? There's crossover, <laughs> but is it, like, the same series? It's Is, you yeah. know, Super Mario Bros. 1 and Super Mario Odyssey, like, Super Mario Bros. 20? Like, I don't think most people would think of it like that. But with a lot of JRPGs, that is basically what happens. Um, even if they get, like, subtitles, like, they still basically are, they're basically numbered entries. And so, like, they get stuck in their conventions more. Like, because, like, the thing you were talking about, right? Like, fast-forwarding through battles, right? The idea being yeah. that, like, battles are boring because they're easy and you don't need any strategy to defeat them. But, like, even in, like, the late 90s, in the NES, SNES times, or maybe even the NES times, um, I don't, mm -hmm. like, Earthbound is, like, the key example here, right? Yeah. You get strong enough that if uh, oh, yeah. you are stronger than the enemy, you just defeat it, and you get the little bit of experience points that it's worth. But, like, you don't have to do a battle where you just, the screen goes, and you press A, and then you win, and you exit yeah. the battle, right? Like, that's... That yeah. is an optimization of that, and yet not something that is very prevalent in the game. 
games in in in, <laughs> in the video games that exist i feel like right like even modern j yeah. like you play like more modern jrpgs than i do jay like is that like that seems like the simplest thing to do and yet it seems like the answer is instead to have a fast forward button through those easy battles instead right yeah, or, I mean, in, in, like, the PlayStation era, they tried to, like, branch out and make it more complex while still being, like, a weird turn-based thing, but it's like, oh, but there there's colors, and there's elements, and, and if you, you match the color of your character to the color, then it's like, nobody cares. Nobody, like, I'm sorry, Chrono Cross, your battle system is bad. <laughs> like, I, I, and most JRPGs in that era tried to do stuff like that, and they're kind of returning to that now, where they're like, oh, well, it's like, a weird active pseudo like a uh, real time kind of thing happening or whatever i don't know they're coming up with stuff they're trying to make it interesting and i don't know that they're really succeeding because they're still trying to cram new stuff into the existing system rather than just like changing it all together cuz like technically borderlands has levels you level up you get new equipment mm-hmm. you know but it's a first person shooter but like it's like saying, uh, you know, Castlevania Symphony of the Night is an RPG because you have equipment and you have leveling up. And I guess, I mean, back then, that's sort of the deal. Back then, you, you're sort of talking about the era of RPG elements where every game yeah, had yeah, yeah. some sort of like experience RPG elements incremental thing. And sometimes that could yeah. go really well. But a lot of the times, too, that was like, oh, my gun does 2% more damage and... Yeah. Does that even mean that an enemy takes, you know, right? Because, like, the actual thing is, like, does it take five seconds or six seconds? And it was, oh, now instead of six, it takes, like, 5.8 seconds. It's like, okay, well, this yeah, is, yeah, this yeah. means nothing to me. Um, So, like, there, there's caveats there, too, but that's definitely more of, like, the Western approach uh, for a lot of, like, Western yeah. AAA games were using um, RPG elements like that. Borderlands, I think, did it well, from what I hear. Yeah, I, I feel like it's perhaps my least favorite part of the game, is that, like, okay, I you're literally constantly getting weapons. And the weapons will be like, oh, well, this one has, you know, a slightly faster reload time, but it does less damage, but it's, like, slightly less, but it also has, uh, you know, a, a percent chance... Uh, you know, damage over time, elemental effect, and it's like, mm-hmm. but then, but well, but then, am I am I actually going to be fighting some robots to use my corrosive damage over time, or should I equip the one that has fires because I'm going to be like, just, <laughs> and that's why I like tiny numbers, right? If you mm-hmm. if you were doing three damage and now you're doing four, that's twenty five percent more. Mm-hmm. But if you're doing like, oh, you know, ten thousand damage a hit, and now you're doing 12,500 or like oh well I'm doing 10,000 but now now I'm also adding an additional uh you know 50 uh damage three times per second at a 3% chance like there's too much going on mm-hmm. but the thing that I do like about Borderlands so like that's that's the part that I don't like about Borderlands is the weird stupid damage numbers and all the weapons um which I think it's like a back of the box selling point is that they're like, oh yeah, there's like a million different weapons. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing that gets me is that uh, the exploration, right? You've got all these levels, you're running around, but like after you do the battle, if you go and like check every corner, you'll find out like, oh, if I if I jump up on this box and jump on that box and then like run over here and dive down and then climb a ladder, there's a secret room 
full of rare weapons in here, like a uh, Hyper Light Drifter, going on to a completely different game. <laughs> uh, I really enjoyed the level of um, exploration in it, that like every level you could sort of like, oh, if I do a little dash over here across this thing that I'm on a different platform, and then that leads me to a little door, and if I go in the door, then I find that like, oh, there's a brand new uh, laser gun or whatever. Or if I if I use my new laser gun that I just got and I shoot across like just beyond what I can see then I actually end up hitting a switch and then that brings up a little uh, a bridge for me to then go across to a new area where I get some bits or whatever. Um, those are the kinds of things that I like and that's what Borderlands does very well is that if you search hard enough you will find exciting new little things like they will reward you for actually exploring the map that they created meanwhile if you play you know the latest final fantasy or whatever uh you're just kind of supposed to go through the game you know stay on the critical path maybe do a side quest that's also got its own critical path to follow and deviating yeah, from like, that path just means that you fight more random encounters and maybe get an extra potion yeah so yeah for me the exploration is the big deal um and i feel like that is sadly lost i would love to see a uh and I, i've talked about this before i think i talked about it the last time that i talked about borderlands a few years ago <laughs> that it'd be cool to have fantasy borderlands right like i imagine uh, if regular borderlands is cool fantasy borderlands would also like do you literally mean like transport like the world of borderlands or just like something with the like similar so, mechanics because borderlands is pretty gun focused still like even if you take out some of the parts that you don't like i still feel like like the whole thing is pretty ranged gun like combat focused yeah. i feel like that might be an issue yeah i do have a problem because i'm not a huge fan of like skyrim and the weird first person fantasy like melee combat yeah first person and also actually uh some of the dlc content is weirdly like i haven't gotten there yet because i i still haven't like gotten through the whole game but some of the dlc content is supposed to be like what was it like the raid on dragon's keep or something it's like a weird <laughs> sort of D D esque mission for you to do in borderlands um i i i am eagerly awaiting actually getting to that point yeah, um that, i'd want to hear about that um yeah it, podcast 151 <laughs> um but i i guess my thing is um yeah i don't know it would have to be like a third person rpg like um when i played what was it ease eight was it eight i don't remember what was the one that i is that the one with the I hated the villain is evolution or something like that yeah 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 and then there's like a yeah, oh, it was all about... a dream, but it wasn't actually all a dream moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that one I talked to it for those listening. Oh, hey, uh, uh like and subscribe. Don't forget <laughs> if you're watching this on YouTube, c click the like button. Smash that like button. In fact, destroy it completely. <laughs> but then nobody else will be able to press it. <laughs> oh no! Sure this remains enough. For That's why we're to... not getting a million likes on every video. No. Stop smashing the like button, you're destroying it. Um, Super fans uh, are too eager. But yes, if you just yeah. search like East, and I'm pretty sure there's an, there's an episode with a thumbnail that has like the characters from East on it, and maybe a pun yeah, about yeah, yeah. East. 
in the oh title. yeah, I think they're playing basketball. Is it? Is that the? Was it the basketball one? Hold on, let me see. If I, I think can... it was. I because I think the character is playing I'm basketball. Out what episode has? Sorry. It. <laughs> But yeah, it would have to be like a third person thing. But like, if you did that, but you just kept like the exploration aspect that like, oh, you can hop on a, a rock and then climb a little tree and then go in a hole and then you find some new equipment or something. <sighs> I don't know. Video games. Blue, is there an RPG mechanic that you don't like and, and slash or, uh, there was a, uh, a, a solution to it presented at some point in another RPG-ish game. Uh, yes, Jetty, you were right. It is the episode Real Basketball po- uh, excuse me, the episode <laughs> Real Basketball Cosplay, episode 137 yeah. of the Game Cola podcast. There is a picture of uh, the main protagonist of Ease something uh, on, at the uh, Disney basketball court. <laughs> Yeah. In <laughs> basketball. Anyway, sorry to segue from that. Hopefully I gave you enough time to think of an answer to that question, Blue. Uh, off the top of my head, uh, I can't really think of anything except, like, the reverse happening. Uh, <laughs> in the X-Men Legends and Marvel Ultimate Alliance games, mm-hmm. X-Men Legends is, like, it has the most in-depth combat, it has the neatest power set upgrades, it has the best items affecting your stats, and it lets you change stats for each character, so you can have like a tank wolverine, or you can have a one-punch man wolverine. And then (laughs) they remove that from the later games, and I'm like, why? You made, you improved like everything else, but made the combat worse. And the combat is like the core of the gameplay, and it's just a bit of a mess. If Marvel Ultimate Alliance was more like X Men Legends, then it would be like so. It would be like the perfect superhero for me, at least. For some reason, I heard that as Mega Man Legends. And I was like, what is the connection? <laughs> X Men. If Marvel yeah. <laughs> Alliance was actually Mega Man Legends, I know that I would be much more likely to play it. <laughs> I don't doubt that at all. I would still need to play the first Mega Man Legends game. I just want to know if Capcom's going to make a... I know, the moment, the moment I find some way to purchase, I purchase it on, like, PS3 store or something, the moment I do that... They're going to release a collection that I could play on the Nintendo Switch. And I want to play the Legend series. I got through Zero and ZX, and that was a great experience. I played, I guess I still need to play X5 through 8. Um, but I'm not as excited about that because I've heard that most people do not like those ones as much. <laughs> um, I, which I, I've mentioned before on the podcast. But anyway, that's a that's a, your daily dose of Mega Man. I know you guys have been missing it with the podcast on hiatus. So, so there's a little bit of Mega Man for you. The JRPG I ser- the JRPG series I think about a lot um, is probably unsurprisingly Pokemon, um, which mm-hmm. is like you know it is a JRPG, right? And like yeah, but yeah. it's like it's like its own subgenre that plenty of people have tried to like work out. And very few people have been able to, like, make it work. And pretty much all the people who have have just made Pokemon fan games and ROM yeah. hacks. <laughs> like, yeah. it, 
I think a lot these days about like what like are the, like the core things about Pokemon because you know I, I, part of this was you know I've been listening back to podcasts a lot out here um and so I listened to like the Temtem one and just thinking about like all the <laughs> things where it was like I, how do you get so invested in making like a Pokemon game genre and but like it just feels like you're not getting like the core details of like the real major flaws with the series that could that are only there because of legacy which is which is why I, i'm sort of connecting it to this conversation and you yeah. know like stuff like 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 okay this is getting a little technical but it's just something that's been on my mind for a while in pokemon um you have certain values that you can use to make the six uh values the combat stats so hp attack defense special attack special defense and speed right um and there's different ways that you can that those numbers are calculated for each pokemon you know some poke each pokemon has its natural aptitude for each of those some pokemon have a higher base attack or a lower base attack um but then there's also individual values which is just basically six random numbers between zero and 31 that say like <laughs> this is this is how much of a bonus or a detriment this pokemon gets to this stat so the idea being that every single pokemon is different yeah. because the idea of making each one unique in some way is important and then you also have effort values which you get by uh battling pokemon you defeat other pokemon and based on the type of pokemon that you defeat if it's a pokemon that's good at attacking it'll make your pokemon stronger in that stat and there's you can get 252 into that. Now, the, re- the reason that you have 0 to 31 and 252 are because of binary, right? Those are, you've, that's 32 values for the, effort, for the IVs, and it's 256, but the way for the effort values, but then the way that, like, stuff works out, it, the, those last four effort values don't actually give you an extra stat point. And so it's basically mm-hmm. worthless to put them in there. And right, and that's dumb. And like, right, mm-hmm. like from a from a design standpoint, that's needlessly confusing. The reason it's mm-hmm. like that is because originally these were supposed to be things not known to the player, right? They were supposed to be these random things that for the individual values, it was supposed to make every Pokemon unique. So like you would look at your friend's Pokemon and even if they were both level 100, they would have different, they would be much more likely to have different values for all six of their statistics. And so that would mean that, oh, my Pokemon is different from your Pokemon in like a clearly observable way. Effort values. The effort value, I think the, the way that I think about effort values is that it differentiates, uh, like a trainer's Pokemon that's been with them for mm-hmm. a whole journey is different than a Pokemon of the same level who hasn't had a trainer. Your Pokemon is going to be stronger. So I right. I actually like effort values for that reason. Right. No, and that's a good that it serves a good purpose in that respect, right? It again, when it's secret, right? The purpose is <laughs> to give you a secret buff, right? So you're stronger than the other Pokemon and the other trainers, because most other trainers don't have effort values programmed into them, their Pokemon either, unless you're playing a ROM hack. Um, mm-hmm. So, right, so you're stronger than wild Pokemon, you're stronger than other trainers, and 
it encourages you subtly to stick with Pokemon that you've had on your team for a while, um, instead of just switching out a whole bunch. Um, which back when like the the MO was like making people have like these you know emotional attachment to certain Pokemon on their team, like that was a, a key aspect of it. So like right, so a Pokemon that you have been using is going to be better than a brand new Pokemon um, that you catch. Uh, because it's going to have effort values already put in. So, like, the fact that there's all this weird stuff behind the scenes and the numbers are, like, 32 and 252 instead of 256, like, that doesn't matter if it's all secret. <laughs> but now, with competitive Pokemon existing and people paying attention to those values, and now we're building in those values into the main mechanics of the game in an overt way with different ways to get effort values and ways to judge what your individual values are... It's weirdly confusing and complex. And it seems like every single thing that works and tries to edit the Pokemon formula is like, you know what? Let's take this already super complex thing and make it even more complex. And it's like, <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's that way because of a legacy and backwards compatibility. Mm -hmm. But if you're making a brand new thing, you can get rid of the bad thing. That's the, that's, that's <laughs> what this whole 10 minute thing has been building up to. So you can understand my frustration yeah. and how it relates to this. Yeah. There's so much, especially in the RPG space where it's like, you can yeah, go, yeah. You, like, you don't have, if you're, if you're inspired by this other series, great, but you don't have to do all of those things. A lot of those things are just there because they need to maintain some sort of continuity between their series and having this mechanical continuity is good. But you don't need it. So many of these things are bad. <laughs> Nobody likes what random encounters anymore. There's so many other systems. <laughs> Even if you want to have a game that's very grindy, there are people who enjoy that. But like by yeah. making like, you know, we have the technology to have like overt overworld representations or you can just make it clear which grassy tiles are going to have an enemy in it right or you can yeah. make it a sort of a challenge instead of just walking through a thing and i hope i don't get hit by an enemy it's i hope i can you know sort of weave my way through the overt enemies that i can see yeah or yeah. maybe i let's see i think if i defeat this enemy it'll help me avoid two enemies over here like there's so many other interesting things and we still get stuck on these random encounters just because that's the way that we've always done it and it's frustrating i haven't talked about video games in a long time and i have a lot <laughs> to say i don't know if you guys can tell that i that i've been thinking about video games and not being able to talk to people about them on a podcast that goes out on the internet uh i think i've gotten yeah. i think i've the tea kettle has blown out that particular shot of steam and i've calmed down so we can uh move on to a new thing did um, uh good we could be therapeutic for you <laughs> jetty or blue <laughs> did you have a new thing or do you want to sort of move on to either the last topic that i have or maybe just wrapping up with games we've been playing Hold on, what was I going to say? I was going to make a joke about they don't have video games in London, um, which is why you, <laughs> you have to <laughs> say it on a podcast because they don't have video to games talk there. to somebody you meet on and with the friends you're going to make there and they're just like, what's a vid video game? <laughs> video James. Oh yeah, he lives down the street. <laughs> um, but was it? I, I will very briefly complain oh 
You talked about Mega Man ZX Zero ZX Legacy Collection briefly, um, and I will mention, as this will be out after the Game Cola Video Game Awards uh, 2020, uh, that uh, congratulations, Mega Man Zero ZX Legacy <laughs> Collection, on oh this is sorry I'm ruining the surprise aren't I to everyone else on this podcast. You mean Blue, specifically Blue, the only other person on this oh, yeah, podcast I guess, who wouldn't know? I guess that you would know because you wrote the I did the write the article. <laughs> I wrote the thing, so it's literally just Blue yeah. who doesn't know about it. This yeah. is my surprise. If, um, if I can if I can interject if we're going to go down this road a little bit. Who else voted for this? Did any? Did other people play this video game? <laughs> I thought I was the I only one. Maybe James said he did. Um, so I, I will say that some of these... Um, categories only get a few people oh ha. who do you think game cola staff emeritus veteran staff would vote for mega man <laughs> okay zero z yeah yeah okay yeah <laughs> and i i think the thing is is that like there was a couple people who voted it like uh as their third rank slot uh but you had two people who voted for it in their top slot, mm -hmm. um, you and one other former Game Cola staff, uh, yeah, whose name might uh, rhyme with Jahaniel Nuver. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, so yeah, no, no, no shock there. Um, but yes, what was the other thing I was going to say? Um, speaking of, oh right. Um, so 2020 Game of the Year, Hades. <laughs> A surprise um, to no one, I'm pretty sure, based on if you've been on the Discord at all. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of Discord, I, I like, so many people adored this game. I never got around to it. I so still want to play it. Um, but Oh, have you played it? Me? Yeah. Yeah, you. Oh, Sorry. I, yeah, yes. I've played it over and over and over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, as you do with that game. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so the thing I was going to say, uh, two things, is, yeah. Hades, congratulations, you did it, you won. And it's a roguelike in the sense that you go through the same dungeon multiple times, you get to pick your weapons each time, blah, blah, blah. It's slightly different every run. Um, but I've always hated roguelikes because, like, there's no story, right? Like, you, you just kind of go in for the purpose of going in. Um, but Hades really did an excellent job um, I guess because Supergiant Games has made Hades like five times now. <laughs> um, every game that they've had has basically been the same game building up to this uh, perfect uh, thing that is Hades. Anyway, the it made me reconsider the roguelike genre and the guy who made VVVVVV, which I think was like a runner-up for best game of 20 years ago, um, had a game come out this year hmm. um yeah uh dicey dungeons which oh, is a yeah, roguelike yeah 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 um so yeah a, a bunch of weird interconnected things because we talked recently about like oh yeah why do indie developers never release a second game yeah here they go yeah um so anyway I'm so proud of them yeah <laughs> um so i tried dicey dungeons and i'm sorry i just don't like roguelikes. <laughs> oh no! We were so close! Jetty almost liked video games for a bit. I know. <laughs> Guess it's um, back to Borderlands. Oh, that's where you're back at Borderlands. Yeah. I get it. 
Exactly, yeah. <laughs> That's why I'm back to Borderlands, is because when I try a new game, I don't like it. So we need a Borderlands roguelike, is what I mean. Well, the problem that I have with Dicey Dungeons is that there's no reason to play the game, right? The, the purpose of playing the game is to play the game. Like, now, Jetty, I Borderlands... feel like we're, we're, we're hitting on a, a very tenuous distinction here. <laughs> like, because, yeah, like, and, and that's the thing, right? Um, Borderlands has a story, and the story is entertaining. It's like watching a movie or reading a book or whatever. Um, you can get entertainment from the story itself and also from the gameplay thereof, that, like, playing it is part of experiencing the story. And I will say, I mean, there are games that I play for the sake of playing them. I play Tetris Attack. There's nothing really there except to play Tetris Attack. Um, There's also Mario's Picross multiplayer, which is like, (laughs) we really, I guess part of that is like, I don't know, I guess I enjoy Picross on its own too, but but I I get what you're going for. I think I haven't played Dicey Dungeons, but I feel like I get where you're going with this. And and I guess that's the thing. Like, imagine, so imagine this. Imagine if you're playing Pickles Ross's <laughs> Mario game, mm-hmm. and that you got to like one pixel left that you had to pick off, and then they said you're starting back at the beginning, but it's going to be different this time. So you can't just breeze through it. You got to do it from the beginning again and figure it out all the way again. And then if you get to that that last one and you still can't do it. Back at the beginning. Like, that's not fun. There's nothing fun about that. And, like, it's not even like, oh, well, you're just not good at the game. It's like, no, okay, the the ones that you can be good at, because there's different characters, the ones that you can be good at that you can just, like, plan out very efficiently and, like, always win, that's fine or whatever. I mean, sure. But then there's other different characters that have, like, a lot of randomization built in. And it's like, oh, well, if you just happen not to get good stuff, Sorry, that's and that's not. I don't understand why people do this to themselves. Who are the ones that are wanting this? It's a yeah. I mean, I guess it's a specific thing, right? Like, I think like with people who really like roguelikes, I think the thing that they sort of highlight is a the game that they like, like just playing the game itself is fun, succeeding or not succeeding, yeah. right? So like getting sent back to the beginning isn't bad because it would be like. The fail state and the win state in that case are the same because they keep playing the video game. So, yeah. like, so they have to enjoy the beginning as much as actually getting into it. Whereas, if you don't like the beginning of a roguelike, then yeah, <laughs> you're gonna you're not gonna have a fun time because that's where you're gonna be spending most of your time. Yeah, even most... if it develops into an interesting thing. Um, and then you know, some people like the just like the the stakes of it. Um, I guess this is sort of segueing into video games we've been playing in recent times because this is really the only thing I could have to talk about it there, which is good because we're we're about that time in the podcast by now anyway. Um, But like, so you, I think I've mentioned this before, but you're familiar with the concept of a Nuzlocke, Jetty? Have I explained it to you enough times that you've, it's registered in your brain? (laughs) Yeah, you you also um, just talked about it in the, uh, the Discord channel. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've, I've, so like, but so like again, for quick refresher for those unfamiliar with this very specific fan-made term, um, a nuzlocke. <laughs> the history of the name is not worth getting into, but uh, is uh, you play Pokemon, but the rules are that if a Pokemon 
uh, faints, you can't use it anymore. You can only catch the first Pokemon that you encounter in a specific named area, usually like a route or a city name sometimes if there's that that's available. Um, and then there's other rules that you can use to like make it harder, like uh, not letting yourself over level like the bosses as you like the main bosses as you go through the game. So you can't have a higher level than whatever you're fighting. Um, and like all not, of your Pokemon, so you get an emotional attachment to them. So when they die, that's it hurts a, more. Mm-hmm. Um, but so like that basically turns Pokemon into a roguelike, right? Like this really big roguelike. That's like because like most roguelites, like uh, uh, starting and finishing, right? Like most of the time, you're playing them over and over and over and over again, right? But like. Yeah. Imagine the run where you win. It's usually like an hour or two, maybe. Um, yeah. Maybe a lot of the time, even shorter than that. But with this, this is like a roguelike where it's hours that you're spending. <laughs> um, yeah. And yeah. I don't know. I'm still enjoying it pretty much. Now, I will, now, to be fair, I did enjoy doing it on the Game Boy a little bit more when I could. I can because I can speed up because there is a good amount of grinding, but that you can't really fault the game for because it's definitely not designed to be played like this. Um, <laughs> so getting through the grinding there is, and like a lot of games that like are designed like there are Pokemon games, fan games that are specifically designed for this kind of challenge, and a lot of the time they will just like say like, hey, you can here's the item that you can use to level up your Pokemon because like that's not the fun part of this. Um, so like, I don't, I, and I'm trying to like, I'm, I'm hearing your complaints of it and I'm trying to like, think about it. Um, yeah. like a part of it is like, you know, you, it's, I guess like with po- the Pokemon Nuzlocke, it's probably part of roguelikes in general. It's like, you know, when you watch like a TV show that's been going on for years, maybe it's like even had like different titles for different series and they make a joke that's like based mm-hmm. off of a joke that was based off of a joke that was based off of a joke in an early episode, right? And you can't yeah. even explain that joke to someone because you'd have yeah. to explain like three other jokes to get them up to speed on why this joke is funny. And like yeah. that makes the joke even funnier somehow. Like the <laughs> fact that you know that it requires this specific knowledge to even yeah. enjoy the joke. I feel like that yeah. sort of is a reflection or like a cousin, a distant cousin maybe of the feeling of what it's like to be good at a roguelike. Like it's some, mm-hmm. it's like this idea of like understanding a game so well that you are, most of what you are gained in the game is an increase in knowledge and experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that has been weighted more, unlike, like, say, like, you know, the other side of the coin is, like, an RPG where, like, you can just do the battle over and over and over again. You can grind and eventually you'll just succeed because you're stronger than everyone. Again, that doesn't necessarily mean that, oh, yes, now the roguelike structure is great. Because, again, with Pokemon, right, like, there would be a terrible way to play a Pokemon game for the first time. Like, even if you've played a bunch of Pokemon, Mm -hmm. doing a quote-unquote nuzlocke of a game that you've never played before in the a Pokemon yeah. game you've never played before would not be a good experience <laughs> unless you're like really, really, really into it as a format, maybe. So that's um, how I'm going through Sword and Shield for the first time. <laughs> the, Sword and Shield, I think, has hit the, the barrier of there are enough mechanics in there to make the experience more fun. 
I would say for a lot of the earlier games, this would not be the case. Um, but like even then, you've played Pokemon. This is not the first Pokemon game you've ever played, Blue, right? Yeah. Right. So like you're applying a a suite of knowledge of the mechanics that you've developed over years to this, and so right there's a lot of concrete decisions that you make to improve your chances that and that feels satisfying and what it sounds like maybe i'm sort of thinking of this as i speak out loud like with dicey dungeons right you feel like it's more oh i just hope i roll the random lucky thing and not so i hear these concrete decisions i can make to like even ensure versus or just significantly improve my odds i don't know if anything i've been saying feels at all relatable to you in any respect jetty but i think it is yeah. my turn to stop talking <laughs> oh well um yeah there, there's different characters and i think the thing is is that i'm at the end of like the introductions of all the characters and so like you know there's the warrior who just has like a special skill that lets you do more damage or whatever um and then there's the thief who's a little more difficult, like they're a little more tricky to play, um, just like the the uh, abilities that they have. And then there's like the robot who's like, you have to roll random numbers and try to reach like uh, the jackpot number. And that like, if you don't, then you don't get to do anything. And so there's like, there there's uh, you know, some strategy in that, like, okay, well, what, what can I roll? And how should I use my rolls that I've already rolled before I run out of rolls? Um, so like, there's a bit of, you know, strategy, like there's luck, but there's also strategy to it that like, you can, you can work within the framework to make it work. And then basically anything past the robot is just so random that why would I bother playing? And then as I'm sitting here, like replaying the same, level over and over again like it's the first level for this new character i'm just replaying it over and over again trying to hope that this time i get something better and i can actually beat it even though i've gotten to the fifth floor like four times you know i I sit and think like oh well should i just be playing the easier ones like is the point that you know these ones are supposed to be more difficult but it's like you know what it's not that fun like even if i did play the easier ones it's not that fun so why why at all you know like the 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 core mechanics there's no story to it like period there there's no reason to play it other than hopefully you enjoy the mechanics which sadly I'm sorry I don't yeah, yeah I think, I not think a, not enough I haven't played dicey dungeons so I I don't know but I'm I'd probably agree with you in if I ever play it I'll probably end up having <laughs> the same feelings yeah and you know what? I, I I can't even say hey oh I'm sad that I spent my money because I do uh, enjoy supporting fellow indie developers. I want to see them make more games, you know. So please take my money. But I'm sorry I didn't like this one. <laughs> I've already talked about the video game that I've been playing in recent times. Specifically, I, I before I talked about doing uh, Nuzlocke of Fire Red, Pokemon Fire Red. Right now I've on attempt two of a heart gold nuzlocke there's a stupid hitmonchan in the fighting gym (laughs) that has who defeated me the first time he's got the elemental punches he's got like a fighting move and then he's got like fire punch thunder punch and ice punch and i this and when i was like all right i'm ready for him this time and i had a max attack crowbat which is like 
way stronger than all other Pokemon in this game. It's a third evolution. There's like no other third evolutions you can get at the level cap at that point. Yeah. Um, because it evolves into Golbat and then it evolves through friendship. So like, and that basically, if you get a Zubat at the beginning of the game, it'll have enough friendship to evolve just the next level. So it's way stronger than everything else. It's got max attack, so it's doing and like good attack IVs. It had like the I don't know if it had Mac's attack, but it had good uh, attack IVs and it had a nature, which is just another thing that made its attack stronger. And it still didn't one-shot this stupid Hitmonchan, who then <laughs> got a critical hit, freeze, ice punch. No. And then when I tried to switch it out, I accidentally misclicked and it ended up in and then it fainted. And I still got through that point in the gym. But I'm very frustrated, and I'm. It's also yeah, like I can't uh, speed up as much, um, because the 3D, the the emulator I'm using, uh, DS Mue or Desmue, I forget. Yeah, 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 Desmue, whatever you whatever want to call it, is. it. Um, it can't. It it really can barely handle the 3D of Pokemon. Like if you look at the F- FAQ, they're very specific about like, look, we're not gonna make the Pokemon any better. This is good as gonna get. Stop asking about it. Because, you know, that's what most people are emulating DS games. There's a pretty big contingent of them who want to do Pokemon games with them. So you can only fast forward the battles, which is, just makes it go slower than that. So I don't think I'm going to take a second pass at this one like I did with when I beat Fire Red once. I might just go back to Fire Red, or maybe I'll try Emerald, mm-hmm. another um, thing. I just, I do like the mechanics of the later Pokemon games, especially the, the physical special split. It used to be that, like, all Fire-type moves use special attack. And all oh, yeah. uh, fighting type moves use physical attack. And then uh, when they got to Diamond Pearl, uh, Heart Gold and Soul Silver, and all that, they made it so that it was attack by attack. So you could have Aura Sphere from Lucaria, that was a special fighting move. Um, and you could have you know Icicle Crash, which is a physical ice type move. And it just like makes things more interesting because you can have Pokemon that of certain types that are better in certain aspects than others. Um, but it's just uh, emulation needs to get up to the point where you can speed through the grinding faster because that's just a <laughs> that's just a part of Nuzlocke's and it's a lot easier when you can speed up through it and so, things like Fire Red. I heard you bring. like Fire Red. Have you considered the Fire Red ROM hack, Pokemon Infinite Fusion? I, I uh, have yeah. seen it. Um, I, I I I need to look into sort of what would be my style i kind of want to hit up uh like a ruby a sapphire and emerald um or probably just emerald um and then maybe dump it dra- dive into rom hacks after that um also i like you know i'm in london i'm living in a temporary accommodation mm-hmm. at a certain po- i've not been playing that much of the nuzlocke that i've been doing so like at a certain point things are sort of in a holding pattern I'm hoping, you know, once I get a paycheck from my new job, I can actually start buying things. You know, in Europe, they only pay you once a month, not every, like, not twice a month. <laughs> what? Like, that's just what they do. I get paid I've every been here. I've, I've been here for about a month, uh, a little bit less than a month. Uh, I have not been paid. <laughs> so, I'm, I'm fine. Um, like, it's not, like, a problem, but at a certain point, it's like, I would... I have been doing work. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, like, I want to be able to pay rent at the place that I'm eventually going to, you know, live in. It would be nice. Um, but they did pay for this for this temporary accommodation, so I can't be too upset about it's it. It's funny um, that you're, like, moving 
because I'm like right in the middle of packing and moving. I'll be like gone at the end of the week. Are you also moving to London? Not to London, <laughs> no. <laughs> to another place in the city I'm in. Oh, okay. I I think it's. Just, I'm only saying this because it's public information on the Discord. Um, because of uh, you and Paul's uh, rivalry. Rivalry is probably putting it too positively. Um, but uh, <laughs> Blue is uh Canadian. Um, which is why he and Paul don't get along because Paul kicked all the Canadians off of a podcast. Uh, once, <laughs> right, Blue? Yeah, it was mean. <laughs> um, luckily, we kicked Paul off of the website, Blue, so you're safe. This is a safe place for Canadians now. We won't let Paul abuse you anymore. I do still need to go back and get a screen cap of, uh, I think it was Champion of Canada or something like that. The Jackbox uh, champed up that we played, and then I drew Blue Rider. <laughs> Wait, I think you... Oh, maybe it was Champ. I'm thinking about the like the name of it. It was just Blue Rider, and I was like, "Oh my goodness, I'm canon." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, you are, and now you are. I'm uh, super welcome extra to uh, the staff. What was this? Oh, right. I was gonna say, um, wh- where was it that I heard about Pokemon Infinite Fusion? <laughs> <laughs> well, I've, I've heard, heard it somewhere this, recently. But I have been writing for Game Cola and. Wait, really? the actual internet website, GameCola.net, gaming yeah. outside the mainstream? <laughs> yes, the very one, which wow. listeners can go to right now, as long yeah. as they promise not to destroy the like button on this video. Yeah, just just very gently touch it. Mm-hmm. But make sure it like turns blue and everything, right? Like, yeah, not yeah, too yeah. gently. Yeah. <laughs> um, Blue, what video games have you been playing in recent times? Uh, I haven't really lately because a lot of stuff has been happening. Uh, I'm like, yeah. Well, well, what was the last the game video staff. game that you played? Uh, uh, you're new to the podcast, I should say. Most of the time, when people when I say recent times, it's since you were last <laughs> on the podcast, which for many people is several months. So like. <laughs> but this is, I guess it just has to, what, it has to be, because you and Axe and John did a special bonus podcast, oh, the yeah. Avengers, so it has to be after you recorded that podcast, but any video game that you've played between that podcast episode and now is fair game. Okay. Uh, fair video game, even. Yeah. Whoa. Whoa. Uh, Words, huh? I, How about that? I am, like... A couple levels away from finishing Bastion. Uh, oh, hey! Yeah. Speaking of uh, Hades and Supergiant, I, I played Pyre when it came out, and Supergiant games was I really like their games, and then I played Hades, yeah. which was even better, and then so I bought uh, Bastion and what's the one I'm forgetting? Uh, Transistor. Yes, that one. I bought those yeah, yeah, yeah. were on sale, and I'm almost done with Bastion, so that's good. Uh, I am also, I've got a couple games that I'm, like, writing articles, or I have, like, big <laughs> project. Like, it's a weird, when I, when I think it was Jetty was like, hey, send me, uh, like, a preliminary test bit of your yeah. writing, I was like, yeah. 
Oh no, I I will have I will not ever know what to write for Game Cola and then <laughs> I was like, Oh wait, I have a really good idea and then it became the first article and now it's like a column and I'm like, Oh my goodness, I don't know what to do for that column and now I'm like, <laughs> Oh, I actually have so many ideas that I have like a huge overarching project in the works right now. <laughs> Well, looking forward to seeing it on the actual internet website, GameCola.net. Yeah. Jetty, what video games have you been playing in recent times? I was just going to say, you already heard all about them, that I played uh, <laughs> Dicey Dungeons and uh, Borderlands 2. Nothing else? Oh, I'm trying to think. I feel like there was something that I was playing very briefly. Um, Remember, and anything I guess... since the last podcast, which, again, since there's been yeah. that they, they can cover a lot of ground. Is that um, yeah, I think Game Cooler Family Tonight. Oh no, what was that? Shit? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, two that's family, right. Family Two Game. Um, <laughs> I'll stall for Jetty while he thinks, but uh, hopefully now that I've settled into a routine out here, we can figure out how to set up Family Game Night again. I think we need to reschedule it. Uh, yeah, because it's going to need to be like Thursdays just worked good for me and Jetty specifically. Um, and then other people, it was kind of good, but then it kind of, their schedules changed and then it wasn't good. So I think having a family game night for people, all the Game Cola staff who aren't in London, and then maybe Jetty and I will figure out, like, like every once like, in a while play Picross on the weekends. guys would have me, I'd like to be on some of those. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah, literally, literally, like... Yes, every, you, no one. Once you're on the podcast, you can do, you can be on whatever thing. There's like, yeah. well, once you're on the podcast, there is no leaving the podcast. Oh yeah, yeah. Like you're, you can come. We we have probably to, we legally have to let you into anything that we do that you want to do unless there's a scheduling conflict. Um, I'll probably be I'll probably be appearing live mostly on weekends. Uh, for the foreseeable future, for now, we'll see though. It's better than appearing dead. <laughs> that is hey blue that's a good joke to say on the podcast good job um, i think on that note a good joke to say on the podcast i think i will say on the podcast thank you for listening to the game cola podcast if you like what you heard please be sure to check out our actual internet website gamecola.net you can see all of blue's lovely articles and especially now you can also see the uh year-end awards extravaganza uh, those yeah. articles, according to Jetty, who just told me that information just a little bit ago, will like be... Spoiled on. How dare um, they? <laughs> <laughs> that would be present. You can read everything we had to say about the video games of the year 2020. Uh, yeah. A lot of fun, right, Jetty? Yeah, Christmas in July. Um, we, we give just ourselves barely. an actual uh, appropriate amount of time to play the games of 2020. Mm-hmm. And did we actually play the games of 2020? Read the awards to find out. <laughs> um, of course, also be sure to check out our internet YouTube channel, gc.net, the letter G, the letter C, the word dot, the word net. Hopefully we'll be bringing streams back there now that we can sort of get organized again. So look forward for Family Game Night or Saturday Pick Cross with Jetty and Joseph. Yeah. Uh, that'll probably come back. That'll probably be the first thing that I come back to. <laughs> um, you got our Facebook. You got our Twitter. Uh, from those, you can usually find the Discord or just find some game call person. And they'll figure out how to get you to the Discord. In the YouTube description, <laughs> Discord is a fun place to hang out and talk to people. It's where we uh, picked up Blue, I think, right? Like, roughly? Discord, yeah. Yeah. 
So that, I mean, it's a good place to hang out and talk to people who are passionate about video games in a way that is congruent with the Game Cola podcast that you're listening to. <laughs> so you must enjoy video games in some respect to the same way that we do. If you've listened to like this over an hour of podcast about us talking <laughs> specifically about video games. Uh, yeah, make sure to follow podcasts on iTunes or Spotify or your preferred podcatcher of choice and if that podcatcher has some way to rate the podcast highly we highly appreciate you doing that leaving us a review that gets us boosted in the numbers and algorithms and all that or just suggest the podcast to a friend word of mouth is probably the main way that a podcast of this scale would get spread so if you have a friend who likes video games maybe a european friend mm-hmm. who likes video games who also, can be on the discord leave a bad review we don't there's no podcast there is this no is podcast um to leave a bad review on bad reviews don't exist they get rid of those Uh, anyway um but uh (laughs) no that's not true Um, okay uh but yes if if there could be some people in my time zone that i could talk to video games about in the morning what because right now everybody's asleep until like after i have lunch so if anybody wants to be european and on the podcast i'll speak french with you i know french Mm -hmm. a bit oh yeah I probably can do French on the Discord. I probably know enough to do that. I studied it for like five years. You'd think I'd have an okay grasp of it. Um, So yeah, if you've got a European friend who likes video games, tell them to hit me up. Uh, (laughs) I think those are all the things to say. Except for this last thing, which is thank you for listening to this episode of the Game Cola Podcast. Have a wonderful time of day, wherever it is, whenever it is, whatever country it is that you are listening to this podcast. And guess what? We're going to see you next month. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Sorry, my neighbors are driving by again. I'm not sure how long this, and if they're going to do some sick donuts in the <laughs> parking lot. Now they're just sitting there. <laughs> well, oh, there they go. I've been thankful that the ambulance that comes by every 15 minutes hasn't come by yet, but I'm probably jinxing it by saying that.